drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground So welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast. This is episode nine, I hope. <laughs> and I'll take, We've done a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll take this moment to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we record in, the Yagara and Turrbal peoples. Um, I honor their elders past and present and emerging. And I acknowledge the sanctity, the intrinsic sanctity and power of this country, the Mewa, the river. I acknowledge the kookaburras who I've heard laughing. I acknowledge the wattle species who are blooming. I acknowledge the beautiful sky above and all the dreaming creatures of this place of Kirilpa that we record in at this crossroads at Brisbane Podcast Hub or Briz Podcast Hub. And I acknowledge the power of the Agara and Turrbal people, the survival of their cultures and languages and their efforts to continue to prosper and their wisdom and their activism in the face of injustice. How are you, Brody Ann? I'm very well, Theo. How are you? Well, this is great because you're sitting next to me for the first I time know. in nine podcast recordings. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, look, like, I'm like, how do I adjust my body to incorporate you? Oh, I can just like, yeah, just let me turn move it. the mic. Okay. Oh, that's hot. Oh, that is. We hot. should share a milkshake. Oh, my milkshake brings other boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than yours. Um. So, uh, yeah. What? How? How's your? How's your week been? It's been really good. It's been super busy, but I'm crafting. Mm. So I'm I'm loving that. There's been lots of grinding and po- <laughs> not, not look, look. Yes, there's been that grinding. <laughs> I've also been grinding things in a mortar and pestle. So keep yeah, it clean. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if you're a witch, I'm like, so is it grinding or grinding? Oh, grinding, ding. It is black salt. Mm. And I've been... Um, Making some some nice oils, trying some some things out, and I always feel better when I'm yeah. mixing potions. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Different kinds of recipes, yes. and yeah, fair enough. And since I moved, I finally got everything set up, so all of my ingredients are back out, yeah. and I could actually sort of let my fingers do the walking and mm-hmm. be led to just make things, which was lovely. Haven't got to do that in a long time. <sighs> And I'm waiting for my garden to sprout. I'm getting yeah. excited because I've got a lot of things in, yeah, including bulbs this year. And I which can't, I'm excited I can't, about. Yeah, I can't keep up the facade that we're now in September. Like <laughs> <laughs> you all know that we're recording these piece after hey, piece. Hey, no, I, I did just plan. I'm not making. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Like you were being completely authentic, and I was like, well, wait, what season are we meant to be? <laughs> I'm like, no, we're recording like a month in advance. So we're trying to to get all of these kind of um, backed up recorded so that when, because you've got another trip coming up where you're going overseas. Yeah, in seven seven weeks from now, I fly to Turtle Island and to the US part of it. Mm. And um, yeah, and that's a whole other shindig. Anyway, (laughs) I can can talk about that another, another time. Yeah. How about you? How have you been this week? You know, I've actually been restless and a little bit sad and a little bit like, oh, the world and oh, the world, like the mm. inner world. And um, really returning to some um, practices that I haven't been um, integ- integrating lately. Mm-hmm. I had to burp. Um, like 
Th- th- <laughs> so unprofessional. <laughs> I, um, no, I won't be sitting next to you next time. Fuck you. Fucking um, well, like I was doing a mentorship session and at the very end, because this person happens to be a really skilled taromancer, we did readings for our magical dis- disciplines and what we needed to know about the direction of them. And this person said to me, more stillness. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because I'm like, my life is just not still. And so I instituted straight away because this is how I go. This is how I roll. Um, I was like, okay, meditation for at least like sitting meditation where I just fourfold breathe, looking at a candle for 10 minutes at least a night before I get into bed and watch my Netflix and my stand and things like that, which is lovely. And I like that. And, and then I do, I did that last night. I'll do it tonight. It's just the way I kind of go. And, um, and it was like already so good. And there were things that I did and songs that I sang and practices that I practiced that, like the moment I did them, I was like, why haven't I why done this? Why don't I do this all the time? Yeah. Like I wake up and I do my morning practice and I often continue because of the way, because of, because I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be like a professional witch and t- witchcraft teacher. Like I get to practice the craft a great deal because otherwise it would be ridiculous if I didn't and I'm teaching it, right? So in my sessions, I'm doing it and between it, I'm doing it. But at night, at night is so important because it's the last thing I do. So I want... So late, so so I haven't done a night practice mm-hmm. for a long time, yeah. and I actually now that now that I'm like like looking into the long haul, because I'm this I'm the kind of person that once I say something to myself in front of someone, like mm-hmm. it not it's not just you, it's also <laughs> it's also this person who was reading for me. I said you know like I kind of feel accountable to it, yes. and I force myself to do it. Right. And as I was saying to a person I was reading for today, I was like sometimes the hardest thing with daily practice or discipline is just is just bringing your body to it like and then the bringing your body to the altar yeah and then you can light the fucking candle and you can say the prayer and you can ding the bell and <laughs> like and then you're good right yeah but it's it's the the biggest sacrifice is the is the sacrifice of fucking effort <laughs> like, <laughs> like i am going to now pull my body away from this conversation this facebook chat thing and this admin thing that i have to do for my classes yeah. this show that i want to watch because i'm so tired and my, i want my brain to switch off yes so that's the that's the kind of space I'm in, to be real. <laughs> that was real. Yeah. So your your nighttime practice is going to be. Well, okay. So so ten minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna do sitting practice. I want to match you. This is yeah. I'm getting competitive. So, so, yeah. Good. So yeah. for ten minutes, I, I bring my body to the altar, mm-hmm. and I am the altar, and I light the candle. I light my um, star goddess candle, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fairy thing, and I light it and I pray to her, who is she is everything, and then I I say a particular prayer, and then I meditate for at least ten minutes. So by which I mean I just do square breath into the count of four, hold to the count of four, out to the count of four, hold to the count of four, and I just scry into the candle flame. If thoughts come up, if I even start to have vision. I'm like, nope, thank you, go away. And I like, you know, like if you meet the Buddha on your path to enlightenment, kill him. Like that's part of it. Like mm. if if I if a god tries to talk to me, I'm like, no, no. And I just go, go reclaiming back. my yeah, time, reclaiming my time. <laughs> and I just go back to my breath. And then after I do that, then if someone wants to talk to me or if I want to talk to someone, then I do that. Mm. Um, so that's that's the base of it. And then I also did a practice um, called Kala Kala, which is um, based on a Hawaiian um, water cleansing rite. Um, that comes through the fairy tradition and then I do some wildwood stuff and then I go to bed. Well, by go to bed, I mean, and then I lay my body down and then I go, boop, I'm going to watch repeats RuPaul's of Drag RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag Race. <laughs> 
that's, which is also that's my a night. nighttime ritual. That's my nighttime ritual. Okay. Well, I'm going to try and match that, and let's let's hold me accountable, well, audience. Yeah, ten we'll keep minutes. Checking ten in. minutes sitting practice. Okay. That's what. That's why we call it sitting practice because all you can do is sit there and breathe and 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 observe your mind. Right. That's the interesting part of it. Just observing yourself. So this is our ninth episode, which means like last last episode we didn't have a guest. This episode we have a guest. Look at us being oh, consistent. Yes. Look at us practicing. And our guest tonight is Ryan Kaladi, and and he is um, the owner and founder of El Fame, which is where is it, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> it is in Alinda, Melbourne. That's right. I, w- I always go to say Belgrave. I'm like, it's it's not in Belgrave. Close close there. That's fine. Yeah. And you are a traditional witch and you are a, like a plant whisperer in my mind, at least you are. And, and you know, I could say some other things. You're like, you're a really, I'm going to turn to face you because we have him on Zoom. You're a really... Um, you're just really fucking lovely. And some, sometimes when I meet new people, because I'm a bit jaded, I've been around, and um, I'm always like a little wary. I'm like, oh, who is this person? <laughs> but, then when, but then when I met you, I was like, like straight away, like I saw you and I was like, oh no, that's that's a cool person. Like that is a person who, who, both, oh, thank you. who knows their shit, is humble about it and just gets on with life. Mm. Like those are the three things when I saw you. I was like, those are the three things I know about you straight away. And mm. having known you now for like, I guess nearly two years. Like I, I, yeah. I, I feel like that's true. I feel like those things are true. It's been, it has been two years. God. Yes. The, well, the first time I met you, I thought, holy crap, you're tall. I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to be as tall as what you are. And then everything else I knew anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough now about that me. that is a compliment. Enough about <laughs> me. Um, so tell us about, tell us about your store and about, okay. So really, a little bit about you, your background, mm-hmm. um, whatever you'd like to tell us, and about how you came to found Elfame. Okay, so um, let's start off with Elfame because pretty much Elfame is generally my practice. Um, I started Elfame with one of my best friends, Betsy, back in 2010. Um, we were celebrating Beltane. Um, and then after ritual, pretty much just feasting, having a laugh, and then the idea or the concept of Elfame came about so we are both from a beauty background um like i love everything from makeup through to cosmetic chemistry um so with alfame the idea of alfame was obviously to have a, a witchcraft based business that was purely witchcraft instead of having a spiritual store um and then making that store into something that is obviously absolutely amazing and an experience but also environmentally aware sustainable and then offering hand handmade pieces too so supporting local crafters witches and as many amazing people as possible from local and around the world as well and yeah that is our fame (laughs) okay so then so you were celebrating Beltane with your friend, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So how long has Elfame been around? Because there's different incarnations. You now have like a an actual physical yes. store. Yes. Um, so we were online for um, oh lord, probably about eight years, um, and then the opportunity of having a physical store popped up. So I ran with that whole goal. Um, so we've been here for almost bang on a year now. Um, it's grown a lot. Um, it's grown a lot, it's changed a lot since you were here last as well. Um, and yeah, so, so far it's going amazing. It's doing 10 times better than what I thought it will. 
Um, I have had people from all over Melbourne um, country. I've had a group of people come down from Sydney to say hello. Uh, so it's doing amazing. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I'm jealous I haven't visited yet. We'll be here for a while. So next time you're down, you can come say hi. Ooh, done. I'll take you for a run through the forest too. Oh. Yeah, it's like really close you. to it, like like a lot of forest. Really? Yeah, it's up in yeah. the mountains. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I haven't been to Melbourne in ages. It's, it really is a magical place up here. Yeah. It's great. Well, I was always in the in the heart of things and and down towards um, Port Phillip Bay. Is that right? Have I got it right? Okay. So Williamstown, Newport, not not the mountains, not anything lovely like that. We are, <laughs> we are on the other side of Thank Melbourne God. from there. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean for anyone who hasn't seen your store online or seen any mm. um, images or, or what you carry in your store, um, yep. what what do you say or what would you think to describe it as in terms of like the kind of stock that you carry? Oh, Lord. Um, that uh, I would say we have – so our fame started off mostly with herbs and mm-hmm. so since our – initial founding it has grown to quite a large collection of herbs um everything from your uh ethically grown to certified organic um wild harvested collection of bits and pieces um i do pride myself on the more rarer herbs that i have in stock amazing um but we have everything from um ritual tools candles um magical oil sprays just everything. That sounds awesome. Everything amazing. <laughs> As it should be. Yes. And Fio was telling me, and I was, I mean, apart from getting to meet you, uh, I was excited mm. that um, you have such an emphasis on, yes, wildcrafted herbs, but also ethically grown and sustainably harvest plants as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, but as uh, an environmentally aware company, a business um it doesn't just stop at that sort of um information as well Mm. um so a lot of our packaging is either recycled paper uh i do use plastic ziploc bags for my herbs for our online orders Mm -hmm. um and those bags have been sourced from a company in new zealand who actually extracts the plastic from the ocean makes all sorts of things not just the bags but vases bowls everything from that um so i'm trying to try try and fix as many problems as possible um and obviously help as many communities as possible as well yeah and not and not contribute to those problems <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, which is great and, and and amazing because actually it's rare in the witchcraft world which is weird it's crazy like mm. like the fact that the fact that, like, I was shocked actually a little bit when 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 I found out how focused on those things you were because I was like, but you but you're a witchcraft business, like because I'm just so used to those business to businesses not focusing on those things, ironically. Yeah. But like, I was just like, I was like so happy to hear that. Um, so, what are some of the? Because you know, I read articles. I'm not. I'm not. Like I wish I was more of a plant witch. I'm I, like I'm. It's not. It's not my strength. Um, what are some of the the issues you've run into? Like I, I saw a post you made about the Palo Santo um, recently. Oh uh, yes. And also like I know that frankincense. Or I, I read articles about frankincense beginning to become like like it's just going or it's withering, you know, because of the the metaphysical spiritual demand on it. So like what are yeah. some of the specific issues that that you are aware of being in the business you're in? 
Um, well, a lot like if I don't know about them and I get somebody who does tell me about them, then I will obviously research and do my best to provide a, a quality product or a product that is obviously sustainable or have a better outcome for the environment. So, like with the Palo Santo. I was stocking um, just your, your general stock standard Palo Santo stick um, and then I was made aware by one of my customers that it is um, becoming quite an endangered species She's over-harvesting. So I did a lot of research. Um, I stopped stocking that product for I think it was almost seven or eight months um, until I could find a, an ethically sourced um, and ethically harvested product. Um, and I've only recently, I think it was probably about three weeks ago, uh, being able to bring that product back into stock. So I now stock a Palisanto that is ethically sourced and ethically harvested um, and harvested in the traditional way. So I didn't realize that Palisanto, the traditional way is that the person or shaman would only harvest the, the wood from a plant that has fallen to the ground and that has rested there for quite a few years. So with the, the Palo Santo I have now, because it is run by a family-owned business, I have ensured that that process has been followed. Um, so the wood has sat on the forest floor for a period of a minimum of five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but during my research of trying to find a, a great supplier of Palo Santo, um, I, I was made aware that a lot of the suppliers out there actually just have random types of softwoods that they soak in either a fragrant oil or an essential oil of Palo Santo and then sell it as that. So it's just a, an imitation type of product. I have heard that Which is too. quite sad. Yeah. yeah. And, and so disrespectful as a spirit worker, so disrespectful to the plant spirit. Like so, yes, and absolutely. also to the cultures who enshrine and have 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 a lived into into multi generational relationship with those plant spirits. I think that's what mm. affects me the most because, like, as a as a younger witch, like I'm 31, so I, most people would still call me young, and I feel young. Um, the like people would be like, "Oh, white sage, white sage," and as a, as a young kid, I'd be like, "Why? I don't see white sage around here," so I would never go near it. Like, and then when I started traveling to the states and going down to Southern California, New Mexico. I would see it growing <laughs> and people had, yeah. and people had it in their backyards and were growing it and it yeah. made sense to to work with white sage there and desert sage and and I started to burn and 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 but only there like I I I've, I don't think I've ever bought white sage or had white sage in Australia it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me um personally yeah. um I I did I was given a Palo Santo stick by a um a witch friend in Brazil and then after that I started to work with Palo Santo um, but lately I haven't bought Palo Santo because I just don't know if I can. So yeah. the one that I often use for my cleansing purification is Juniper. I, I have a, I have a relationship mm-hmm. with Juniper and certainly I have seen, um, different welcome to country, um, ceremonies conducted by elders and, um, Aboriginal folk who work with different different uh eucalypts and gums and um when i yes. when i've inquired a little they they've often um kind of been shy to say it or you know directly said no i'm not going to tell you which is totally mm. fine and great i love boundaries <laughs> and i love clear boundaries i love when people are like no. no i'm like yes thank you um but there are also you know there are certain gums that i that i do know of in this country that go, grow up and down the east coast that that are often burnt um mm. to purify yep. Um, and so they're there, they're all around us. And so to make, to cultivate relationship with those trees that we're living right next to all the time makes a lot of sense to me. 
Yeah, we yeah. definitely wanted to have a whole, which we, we should get you back on because we wanted to have a whole podcast. We want to go down that rabbit hole of what could we or should we be using. Not that I, I like not using the word should because everyone should have yep. choice over uh, how they work and what they work with, um, but what alternatives we should try and use in this country. Yeah, um, absolutely. That spirits are going that to would recognize, be great. that our ancestors will recognize and that aren't going to damage the environment. Yes. would be nice. Um, do you carry anything like that in your store at the moment? Apart from the- um, with the with smudge sticks, so mm-hmm. we have everything from white sage, uh, cedar, juniper, the Palo Santo, Yerba yeah. Santa. Um, we have black sage, which is mugwort, yeah. um, and sweet grass as well. Um, but nothing sort of Australian based in terms of a, a smudge stick sort of design. It is. It is um, a bit tricky. I know in our stores we've got some that I believe come from the Sunshine Coast. That includes okay. some gum, wattle, and tea tree, uh, which I oh, thought amazing. that was amazing. And that scent yeah. is so clear. I didn't know that. I need to go yeah. get some of that. I'll hook you up with the yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. see me at Crystal Earth, guys. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. putting like I'm a drug pusher. Um, but come up and get your <laughs> no. tea tree smudge sticks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love, and it was funny because with a um, Kageni, I guess we had here before. Um, I almost want to go down that rabbit hole because uh, in a lot of ancient cultures, a lot of things that I've seen, um, cleanliness and spiritually spiritually cleansed places um, had a lot to do with the antibacterial, antimicrobial qualities of the totally. smudge. Yep, totally. So the smoke itself was fumigating like and they equated, yeah, they equated mm-hmm. evil with germs, which obviously probably weren't aware of yeah but but people knew what they were doing or what well, they were it was using just, medicine people knew this is the interesting thing not aware of in the current paradigm no right? not with those words but like aware that there were these <laughs> invisible spirits yeah, roaming invisible around spirits that could infect you yeah. and just like really um upend your health <laughs> which is just a different way of talking about the same thing right? yes which i yep. like, i love to bring up because i think a lot of people who don't have that context poo poo things yes they're like oh like we're so advanced right now yes so yes we are that is true and we've lost a lot of the the actual poetry of understanding mm. um, especially mm-hmm. in the especially in like the techno industrialist west as my friend preston would say like we've lost so much of the embedded animistic understanding of the poetry of life which is so real and so like yeah the, like like there's like frankincense like I, I haven't worked with frankincense in a long time because, again, of this issue. And I used oh, I to, love frankincense. I know, and I used to burn frankincense and myrrh all the time. But at the moment, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't know. As in making sure yeah. that you found somewhere that you can trust. Well, because source. because I don't, I I don't, I don't, or I haven't made the time to do that research. I just don't burn it anymore. Mm. Shrugs, mm. like. I can do my work without it, but I ha- I did I like frankincense and myrrh are two pl- are two plant spirits. You know, I know they're resins, but they they carry the signature of those plants, those trees that that I have quite a like a long relationship with. Um, yeah, and definitely those two like myrrh and frankincense. Those two smells the moment they're burning, I'm like zing. <laughs> Takes you to that place. Like, I am it wasn't off. that was part of the the whole uh, I'll call it the Catholic effect, but that being used in church. For that very reason. Well, yeah, like the the, the Near Eastern Mediterranean. Doesn't it give you a huge dopamine hit as yeah, well. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about what it's like. We asked Andrew and Lachlan this too. Like, what are some of the more intriguing, interesting, bizarre things <laughs> that have happened that you've that you've experienced being the owner of an occult witchcraft store? Give us the goss. Yeah, give us the goss. Um, I. <laughs> 
how do I say these things? So, um, no one's listening. Obviously, just I, tell us. Be, <laughs> <laughs> being in obviously a customer service based store, um, I've had everything from absolutely fantastic to absolutely dreadful customers. You um, want the dreadful been, ones? <laughs> yep, I've been yelled at. I've been like, I've had people come up and preach that I'm going to hell. Um, Boring. All of those things. Um, I've had people come up and instantly think that I'm their friend, but which is great. But there's a time where I need to do certain things yeah, and then really. so, some people can't sit here for three hours and talk to me the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, it's just Brody learning how that, to yeah. say, thank you, it's time to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, look, I, I'm going to say actually, I mean, there, there's various um, – yeah, there's various neurological um, states of being that don't always clue people, clue certain people into social cues, and I, I'm going to hold that too. But, yeah. but and there are a lot of people <laughs> that like that. I'm going to say this now, like because I'm not because I'm not Brody, and I can say it. PSA: Public service announcement. When you're in an occult yep. metaphysical witchcraft store, that those people are still working, and yep. it's a great sign of respect if you can have like um, I don't know clear, spacious, and boundaried uh, communication styles with those people. <laughs> Because you know that yes, yes, it's uh, a spiritual store, but um, but that but what that also means is it's practical. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. My okay, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Yes. So this this happened uh, probably about four weeks ago. Um, I had a group of friends come in there, and they were probably between twenty five and and thirty. There was about six of them. So one of the guys was walking around, and he was just being a one of those people that this is fake, this is stupid, oh, this is a crappy ones. store, yeah. which which is fine. Everybody has their personal preference and what they Agreed. believe and what they don't. Um, but one of their friends, um, she was really interested asking heaps of like actual proper good questions, wanting to know more and more and more. Um, and then the guy came up and he goes, do you actually believe in this crap? Oh, I love I'm that like, question. So I turn around, yes, Jake, I believe in this crap. And he's like, how do you know my name? I'm like, look at the store I work in. So I know everything about you. And he goes, oh, and he walked off. So he was in there for another two or three minutes and then he left with a couple of his friends. And the girl who was asking all these questions came up and she's like, how did you really know his name? I'm like, I heard you guys yell at his name when you go into the candy store next door. Just things like that. Like, don't tell him that I heard him. Just say that I, I, I knew. Just the let spirits him think told on me. That. That's it. <laughs> but that's actually a key. And like, this is the thing. A lot of witches in their early training, especially in covens and and orders, were like witches are trained to be observant. Like the fact yeah. that the fact that you noticed a group of a group of people of of that certain sound talking to someone like in a group of six and yelling the name Jake, you could like discern and deduct mm. who that was like that. Those, yep. those skills are inherently magical. And like, I would say this to anyone out there who's, who's studying the craft or, or far into it, like myself, like observance is key, like pay attention. Mm-hmm. Always yep. look at the world with wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Plus you got to have fun at work. Absolutely. <laughs> you sure do. And what about, okay, and what about, because I am interested in this too, like what about some of the more like awe-inspiring or like just really beautiful experiences that you can have with people at stores like that? 
Um, I like I personally love when people come with a particular issue for for whatever outcome they're wanting, um, and then they achieve that through either just a simple conversation, um, getting reassured that they're doing the right thing, or even having to provide them with a consultation. This is what I need you to do to achieve the outcome you want. Mm. Them going away, doing it, and coming back and saying, "Oh my God, thank you so much. My life has changed so much. I've achieved this. This actually was great." Or yeah, just that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get from people coming back and showing you that they love, that they care. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel this at our store, I'm sure you feel the same way that we are providing a service that people can't find anywhere else. Yes. And that we're a key part of the community um, in being there for, for those people. Absolutely. Yeah. It is important. And you Someone's got to do it. Well, that's right. And yeah. often people Might come as in well with- be dirty witches. <laughs> <laughs> well, often no one else would understand the problem or other mm-hmm. people, you know, um, have given up on that individual or that or that individual's problem because it's not something that yeah. resonates with them. Yeah, I often find that, that that's it. it's either the first stop or it's the last stop that they're making with this issue. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. We do this. We do dead air, especially when I get to, to look across the table. Now I'm looking we're, at the We're just having a rest. Well. Just taking a, a rest. rest. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's actually like, <laughs> like, lull, like certain lulls in conversation are super normal. It's normal. But get over it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm also interested in why you called your business Elfame. Oh, yes. I wanted to ask that. Okay. Um, so... Oh, so with my personal practice, oh, we didn't touch on that before. I just talked about the store. So with my personal practice, so my personal practice obviously evolves around a more traditional witchcraft type of thread. Um, I work heavily with my ancestors and spirit of place. So with Alfame, I was tossing around at the very beginning different types of names. Um, and Alfame come, came to me with being the, the home of the fairies, the place between this world and the next. Um, so I thought it was a, a perfect name uh, for a store. Um, I wanted the store to be essentially Alfame. I wanted to be a place between this world and the next. I wanted to be light and dark, good and bad. Um, I wanted to be just somewhere magical where people can come in, have an experience. Like I, for me, I personally don't care if people come into the store, look around for for an hour or so and leave. Like I'm not about the dollar. I don't care if people come in and buy as long as they come in have an experience they can go away and that's what they remember that's beautiful i know that andrew and lachlan feel the same way they did mention that when we interviewed them that that that's the whole purpose yeah and what drives them providing that space and Mm. like you said before the information that you make available to to your customers as well yeah that they can't Um, and i think we've like with owning a business um like Mm. figures is fantastic and being realistic, a business does need to make money to, to be able to survive. Yep. However, for, for me, that's not my drive. My drive is to create that experience, to educate, to provide. I don't know absolutely everything. Like I, I don't know much, but I know some things. Um, if, if I can help or provide like advice in some way or even if I can learn something from somebody coming in and telling me about a herb, a resin or a candle or how they did this spell, that's what I want. Yeah. And what are, and what are some of your future plans with Elfame now that you have the physical store? 
Um, so we have been here for a year now. So I know roughly like what's what can be expected. But blah, I can't even talk. What can be expected per month now? Um, so I think now that I've sort of settled in, I the back room is finally done, um, which is great. It was supposed to be finished at the start of the year, and then obviously just month by month it hasn't been um so now that the back room is completed i am currently in the middle of developing workshops and online courses and things like that um those of people who do know me quite well i am here uh four days a week and then also teaching three days a week so i'm a professional trainer um i train in the vet sector as well um so i am putting together a curriculum that is not as as basic as come to the workshop this is some information now you can go home i'm trying to develop it in a way that people um get the most out of it instead of coming getting a little bit out of it and then going away and then finding they didn't get as much as what they wanted out of it or, or that sort of thing so it's just a a growing journey yeah, yeah. Teaching teaching magic and witchcraft is a very interesting and precarious thing. Like there are that's actually a, yeah. I think that you and I could have a whole thing about this because I because I've run into as someone who's initiated in like private tradition, there's actually and there's actually so much that I have to constantly track. Like things I've taken mm-hmm. oaths around, the 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 fact that there is training that I do that involves no money whatsoever because it ends up in initiation and why would I charge my family, right? So there's there's these there's these different things that I have to like constantly track as well as the um the kind of other work that I do out there in the world, like um workshops and intensives and six to nine month courses that are voluntary that you know no one has to do, but people sometimes choose to do, right? And I've been doing Mm -hmm. that now for 10 years and it's just like I've learned so much about the world of witchcraft or actually the worlds of witchcrafts um, because different – I've run into people who really hate the fact that I teach publicly um, because in their tradition, you know, which I'm not in their tradition, but they have certain rules about like – you know, publicity, secrecy, money. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have those rules too. That's why I don't teach this, this, this in public. Um, yeah. But, and also like in, in even there are the traditions that I'm in where some of the stuff that I do is kind of coming near to a boundary with certain stuff I've published. So I have to be super careful because I do respect oaths and I, and I've taken them and I do respect um, myself and the spirits and, I know and a lot of people know, like there's lots of public witchcraft teachers these days, many of whom also have backgrounds in traditional craft, um, mm-hmm. where we where we know that this work, the spirits are pushing us mm. to to disseminate yep. this work. And 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 you can only argue with them for so long. And I teach that it's important mm. to argue with them actually, to to cultivate sovereignty and to be able to negotiate boundaries with them. But but after a while it's like, well, no, I see your sense, I see your wisdom. Like you see mm. further along the lines of fate than I do. Mm. I trust you. You've gotten me out of some hairy eyeball situations. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, yep. you know, my, my, my fairy lover, he's like adamant that, that I do this work. And until it, and, and until I get messages that say otherwise, I'll just continue to do it and, and, and aspire to remain in integrity. And, and I have great friends who, you know, provoke me and, and, and question me and, and talk to me about those things. And, and so, yes. And yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to say that because of, because I know what it's like to start that journey around teaching and classes and, um, and courses. It can be really, can be really, um, it can be an iffy gray area. 
Yeah. And you have to let us know when you do start anything or please make us aware so we can um, share yeah. good news. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would be your favourite thing to, to teach, favourite thing to work with? Um, oh, Lord. Give us a preview. Like, so obviously I love my herbs and resins and making incense and things like that. I like to create certain things. Um, And I think with my background in beauty, with cosmetic chemistry, that has helped from everything from like making the different ritual inks through to the candle aromas that I have and then also the sprays, so those sort of things. Um, I Ideally, the first couple of classes or lessons or, or whatever I decide to do would be about those sort of things, so either Beautiful. creating a particular blend for you or creating an oil or how the best way to do it is. Um, I find a lot of places have just a carry oil with a couple of drops of essential oil in there, yeah. where for me, that's not a, a ritual oil. That's just an oil that a two-year-old has made at home. <laughs> you heard it here. Um, I agree. And it would be so incredible to have someone with your background to teach it correctly and to put that influence in because it's chemistry, it's alchemy. You're a potions master mm-hmm. and people should approach it that yeah. way. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Count me in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did want to ask, what was I going to ask before? I wanted to ask you about um, your experiences um, in traditional witchcraft in in Melbourne mm-hmm. or in Victoria. So I haven't been, I haven't lived down there for a really long time. I'm just wondering what the climate's like down there. Obviously, not the weather. Um, oh, the weather's we bloody cold today. The Melbourne weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the traditional witchcraft over the past couple of years has taken massive leaps forwards in terms of people's understanding and their acceptance of the thread mm. or the different types of threads. Um, I find that people obviously like. Over time, I'm pretty sure this has happened everywhere. Wicca came into being popular. It stayed Wicca, went to eclectic Wicca and then sort of stayed there for a little bit and then traditional witchcraft sort of started becoming more and more popularised, I would say probably about 10-ish years ago, mm-hmm. even longer, mm-hmm. um, when now it's the, the – like the lines are a lot more blurred, like there are a lot more traditional people out there, a lot more people practising different types of witchcraft mm. than purely just Wicca or Wicca-inspired path or traditions, mm. um, which I think is fantastic. Um, and that this that's, yeah. this has been true f- since since Gardner came out. Like when, when, Gar- yeah. when Gardner published his first book and when he started talking about his, you know, the witchcraft coven that he was initiated into, like there were other witches who kind of came out and were sent- scenting him. Like, what are you talking about? Like there were, there were arguments then in the 50s and 60s about what was authentic. And that, that conversation has continued to this day. And frankly, it's boring. Like, you know, like, and I've participated <laughs> mm. in those conversations as well, but I do... I I do find them boring the idea like like do like whatever makes your heart sing like whatever whatever actually has effect whatever connects you to your ancestors whatever whatever resonates substantially inside of you and whatever connects you to something beyond your own idea of yourself Like, yes. like the, you know, and for me, I have found that in traditional and folkloric witchcraft. And I've also found great inspiration in the poetry of, of, of Wiccan authors. Like mm. I read books of, um, by traditional Wiccans because there's some stuff in there that I find like really like beautiful. 
Um, yeah. Certainly Doreen Valiente, who, you know, who was later initiated into Cochrane witchcraft and, you know, kind of went further and further away from Wicca as she as she aged into herself. But certainly, you know, she she kind of adapted the charge of the goddess. And I and I love that. I fucking love the charge of the goddess. Mm. And um mm-hmm. there are other pieces of Wiccan liturgy that are out there in the public domain now that I've that I've, you know, that I like. I think they're yeah. great. I think we've all touched on that. Mm. I think traditional witchcraft doesn't matter where you are in the world. It gives you a sense of um, connection to the land. It's not mm. just this is British traditional Wicca. Yeah. So for me, that sort of connects with being in in, in England in the UK, mm. where for here in Australia, even though the the practice does it can transfer over here, the land is very different and the feel is very different. Mm. I think traditional witchcraft gives people that expression that that sort of tradition may not necessarily be able to do. It's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. That makes a lot mm. of sense to me. Yeah, the bio, the people call it bioriginal animism. Mm. Yeah, mm. like if, if 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 the tradition is not meeting the land um, and trying to listen to the land as a big central part of its workings, then it's probably not yep. very. It's probably not of the traditional streams. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I have I have a question about um, I want to go back to the plants and I have a question about some you you mentioned mm, I, that you pride yourself on like rarer plants and and I'm like tell me about <laughs> them tell me about those rare things tell us about your green babies all right so um, I so as you come into my store if you turn left you'll see three or four bookshelves full of lovely apothecary jars full of all sorts of herbs from everything from rose petals through to high john. Um, I have different parts of different plants as well. And I've recently in the sort of past six months been coming into a lot more of a aurora, so raw, I can't even talk, a, a raw form of the herb instead of the little bits and pieces or little purely just the flowers. Um, a lot of the – some of the plants I have grown myself. Um, so the patchouli that I stock, uh, the leaves I have grown myself and then I've also found a supplier for patchouli root bundles, um, which smells absolutely amazing. If you've never smelled it before, you have to. Mm. Um, I have everything from Didonia Crete through to Oak Moss who uh, – who, um, that I get from a friend who collects it from a forest floor over in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've made a lot of friends all over the world, which is great. Um, I have devil shoestring, just just heaps of stuff. Brody Ann's yeah, wet. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Brody Ann's oh, slipping off her chair. <laughs> so with um, the back room being complete, I have my little back room section. Um, so Tell me about like it, Ryan. Belladonna, I've got Wolfsbane. Um, Girls. All, all the ones that I'm not supposed to have. Is <laughs> well, hopefully no one listens to this. No one listens no to one. this podcast. It's no. fine. That's actually not true. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. And how do people get in touch with you and find out about all the magical things that you do? Um, they can always just come into the store. Um, so obviously we're in Alinda, we're Shop 6. Um, so if you guys... If, if anybody can find Pie in the Sky, we're right behind there. Um, otherwise, online, just alfame.com.au um, via social media, so Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can just type in Alfame into Google and you'll find us. And how do you spell Alfame? Uh, E-L-F-H-A-M-E. There you go. 
Yeah, because I've seen it also yeah. spelled E L P H A M E. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, that's very exciting, Ryan. Thank thanks. you for coming on to our amazing little weirdo podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> we'll definitely have you back, and we'll definitely try and make a, a visit down. I want to yeah. see your yeah, beautiful Brody shop. Yeah, get on a plane. Or come yeah. up. <laughs> no. Or yeah, come up and visit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Come up and teach a class in Eclectica. Yes. On making magical inks. Let's do magical sure. inks and, and uh, mm. actual, yeah, actual Seriously. conjure oils. That would make me very happy yeah. lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't be able to see I'll do that thing. just for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, have a have a lovely evening, darling. It was lovely you to too. meet you, and yeah, thank you again. My pleasure. Peace out. This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.